Hi, I'm Nina Schacht. And I'm Jane Shake. And you're listening to Gut Talks. Double G U Double T. Is it helping not putting you in a box or is it helping you build the team you want to build or you get the job you want to get or the project you want to get? I feel when I'm working on these jobs or with these teams, I don't need to dive down the rabbit hole of these discussions. I go on stage, I talk on conferences about that topic because I think that's for me where it belongs. But I, you know, if I do a project with a client, I don't need to be this, okay, let's talk about UX versus market read, blah, blah, blah. I, how to say, I deliver what you need and I don't mind which label you put on it. It's funny um, that you said that because I realized I also live a double life. <laughs> yeah, it's shocking. As I do when I work for my research clients, they book me because I'm a qualitative researcher. I do ethnographic research. I'm just this week I've been doing ethnographic research, dashing around Berlin, talking to teenagers about fashion and how TikTok influences what they, you know, what sneakers they buy. It's such great fun. But I also work on more like innovation projects, design thinking projects, design sprints. But I do that in a different bubble. I just realized that when Nina was talking, yeah. Yeah. they're not the same people. I coach startups. I bring a lot of my research competence into the startup world. And for people who are just like starting out, uh, I do like pro bono workshops for female founders, that kind of thing, where I try to bring what I learned on projects with massive budgets for, I mean, to be honest, it still is market research, still is a lot of FMCG, you know, big budget. I try to bring that into that world, but they don't talk to each other the two worlds you know to and i do this because it's more fun to be honest it's much more fun to work like design thinking in schools i do that it's a it's a charity i work with where we use all so i try to use the stuff that i do to earn money <laughs> i i try to you know to use that in other contexts to experiment and to see how far i can go and and to bring some of that into another you know into a more a different kind of a culture but at the same time it's really strange that we're both work we're both kind of yeah, living these double lives. So I have to admit, I don't mind. I mean, coming back to your questions, like, pff, sounds like I gave up. No, it's like, I, I don't mind how you call what I'm doing. You know, yeah. I know what I'm doing. So exactly. And you, maybe you know in three goal. years, there is a new term coming out where I think like, oh, yeah, actually, now as you say, hmm, I'm doing that as well. So we used to call it insights for a while. I don't know what happened mm -hmm. to that. I don't know. I didn't realize that it was really a big topic, actually, in that space i but that's interesting like we went into it but the only thing that i don't really get is you were saying that researchers tend to be especially in big companies that might not be as big out there like like you said nina like this guy who asked you like what do you do like are there research comp like companies that do research you know i mean one of the key if you want qualities of a researcher is just to be curious so how is this bubble not transparent? That's something like, I'm curious now I'm, I, I just, to explore, like, why. Everything is digital. And you could imagine that if these market research people there, the market research companies and the UX people, that they must meet, you know, yeah. because they're all on LinkedIn and they're all good. But the really strange thing is that they, they don't. And I don't think it's any kind of, I don't think it's deliberate. I don't think it's like a no. deliberate kind of, you know, we don't talk to them. And it's really interesting. It just doesn't happen. So you can see how even in the, maybe even more in the digitalized world where it's easier to stay in your bubble. I don't think it's anybody is driving it. I think it's a kind of a dynamic uh, that, that has happened. And it has to be, if we wanted to change it, then we would have to be very active to change it. 
but mm. I don't know. Good question. Why don't we do it? Because if we say one of our main thing is curiosity and there seems to be something really interesting out there, why doesn't that happen? Good question. Can't tell. We people too. Market researchers are also people. So where we know that there's curiosity, but at the same time, there is um, fear of change, fear of the yeah. new. It's always, you know, I think the market research industry did does is trying to reinvent itself, but it is doing that in its bubble with its clients. Mm, yes. yes. So just in a nutshell, how did you get out of the bubble somehow? <laughs> Yeah, well, for uh, me, it was the design thinking, I think about, okay. I don't know if it was 10 years ago, or I don't know, whenever I was working in a, a market research agency in Mannheim, or was it later than that? No, I think I was already self-employed. And when you're, I think, I think this is something that maybe Nina, you might agree with as well. When you're self-employed, you have to get out of your bubble. Yes, you can't. You have so. to. I mean, I was living in this little town in the middle of nowhere, and working on projects, and all the time thinking, oh my goodness, I feel so isolated. So I would just like go to meetups and I would go to meetups on things that I'd never heard of, like DevOps, just to find mm. out what it is. And this is how I discovered like Lean Startup and design thinking and the whole innovation thing that was like happening. And then I realized that there was a lot of a lot of that in there that I was already doing, not, not all of it, but we were already doing parts of the innovation process. And then I got interested in the other parts, you know, to join mm -hmm. the dots. But I also have one of those brains that is just, oh, there's a squirrel. Well, and actually, my stepping out of the bubble, design thinking is similar. It was just, well, back then it was a trend, blah, blah, everyone did it. So I was onto that track as well. The interesting thing is rather, I think, how I got into UX research. Because remember that conversation with the designer where he's like, oh, you're just doing your research? And I don't know, half a year later, or maybe a year later, that person recommended me to an agency because that agency was looking for an interim manager for their UX research team. So person I never heard about reached out to me. And they, oh, UX research team. I'm like, well, I'm sorry, I'm the wrong person. I can't do UX research. How can I lead a team of UX? And that person was a researcher himself. And he said, like, oh, don't worry. You know, there is no fence between. You You can do that. I'm like, I, I had to look up what is UX research before going into that phone call, you know. And I ended up leading that team, I think, for eight months, you know, entering by not even knowing what the term means. So um, that's how my fence got torn down. It goes back to, to lots of industries, actually, where you have this kind of also generalist approach, but you have lots of things that happen, but just packaged in different ways over time. It's also, I think some of us teach here, but you know, you have new master degrees, so you need to have new fancy titles to attract new students or new job titles to attract more mm -hmm. people to apply. But this job description is like a thousand things that actually sometimes don't match or it's impossible to be great at everything. So it's... It reminds me of that. So, yeah, I think we, we dived into that as well. I was taking some notes as you were talking. So I think let's have a wrap up of this section somehow. And people who are like listening to this conversation who are in the space, like the innovation space, let's say in general, but also research, like particularly, or someone who wants to, to switch around because you have researchers who come from different backgrounds and like jump in because they understand specific industries, maybe even more in depth or not. I don't know. How can someone get into the space? Does it require a specific 
background? What are the skills? I just remembered how when uh, my my very first job interview, when I came to Germany, I was working in London and I hated it. I wanted to become um, a management consultant. Okay. <laughs> I was so young and I said, More I'm going to be a management consultant. Yes. Yeah, uh, and I, I realized pretty quickly that that wasn't my career path. So I just came, I came to Germany and I applied for some jobs and I, 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 um, I applied for Procter & Gamble because I studied marketing and I kind of heard of them. So um, I went to Procter & Gamble for a job interview and they said, we've got two jobs that we'd be interested in, you know, putting you forward for. One is market research and one is media. I had no idea what media did. I had no idea what a media department did, but I said then and there, I said, no way I'm going into market research. I'm not going to do that. So I did media. I think I often have these discussions. I remember uh, with a lot of qualitative researchers, whether what we do is something that is born or taught. I think there is a certain kind of capacity for, like I said before, reading people. I don't want, there's that awful word, empathy that gets thrown around. I don't yeah. like it so much. But I think we have an, in, you, if you, well, let's just talk about qualitative research right now, because neither mm. of us are our statistics and we're not, we, we can um, work with quant people, but we don't, it's not our predominantly what we do. I think there's the, this curiosity that, that you talked about earlier, just a kind of a, a sort of the feeling that it's not as clear cut as you might think it is. People don't act the way they do in because of a specific they're not trying to you know people always act the way they do for some kind of inner motivation it wouldn't be interesting to know what that is I think this is something that you have to have this kind of acceptance of the fact that because you know there are there are people who who, who think in totally different ways I think you really need to have that I mean you, I work with a lot of juniors in this space and you kind of notice quite early on if you're working with somebody whether they have that and I know this is not an answer to the question, <laughs> but I think I can't really say go and study this, go and study that, because in my I, I've met so many great researchers from so many different backgrounds. I think it is mm -hmm. very useful to have, um, and this is something that I think is a debate in the UX field. I think I maybe have caught have heard of this, um, to have a base in social sciences so that you understand some models. It could be psychology, it could be sociology. In some cultures, they have a lot of anthropologists. In France, a lot of qualitative mm -hmm. researchers come from social anthropology. So you have a basic understanding of some cognitive models. How how does the how do people function individually and in groups? To have that grounding doesn't mean you have to have a master's in psychology, but it's very good to have come from from that area. I think also it's very useful when you're working with whether you're working with internal clients or with external clients to have some business acumen. Mm -hmm. I think it's very important to be able to talk to marketing people, product development people, to have an understanding of their roles. And you can you can learn that on the job, but to have a, I mean, that was something that really helped me at the beginning of my career was that I'd spent several years at P&G and I could speak marketing. What do you think, Nina? Yeah, absolutely. On the same page with anything related to sociology, psychology, and so on. I feel here we are again at two very different tracks of how market researcher versus UX researcher enter the area market research classically is well you do have some kind of study background um, and you enter as a junior and you, there's a lot of learning on the job um, shadowing seniors and, and um, really learning it there whereas with the UX research I do see an increase of, of, of boot camps of um, all these kind of things so yeah. UX researcher come from there or um not everywhere, but with a lot of universities, um, when you study design, you do have a little bit of a research track in there. So that's also a possibility. 
But that's only, how to say, the springboard, how to get in. And afterwards, I can just say, um, just do it. It's learning on the job because it's so much, it's not about theory, but it's so much about, yeah, reading the room, understanding what's going on there. And it's very difficult to have like a 10-point checklist of saying, oh, I have to be able to do that. But yeah, go out there, do it. This is why actually I was asking you this question and in a way where not just someone entering, but I'm seeing lots of people primarily on LinkedIn and, you know, Reddit or some places, people just want to switch their career path, like go into UX, go into something else. So I was asking, like some backgrounds can be very useful also. It's not just like, you know, you have to start from like scratch or you can shift also. So that was, thank you for that answer. Yeah, sorry, the one thing I, I think that we must, I think that I personally think is very, very important in our job mm-hmm. is language mm-hmm. because we spend most of our time talking to people or reading things they've written or listening to their posts. You know, we do, we use uh, all, the, all the media um, today. It's not just interviews or focus, yeah. focus, focus group. Are we allowed to say that word? focus groups um i think having a feeling for language is very very important i would always be very careful although i speak german i feel okay to work in austria but i would depending on the topic i would get a local moderator depending on even yeah. though i come from me the too UK, for austria switzerland sorry i would not moderate and even some topics mm. i would be careful of even working in the uk if it's something where they're talking a lot about what's happening right now in terms of I don't know, celebrities and stuff, because I just don't know. I don't live there anymore. Yeah, so feeling for language is very very useful. It starts with the gut. It ends with the gut. It's in your gut. Gut Talks. This is the end of this segment of this episode with Nina Schacht and Jane Shake. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next one.